0: Hello, everybody colton lawrence here the trucker cfo coming to you today with another episode of the trucker cfo podcast today i am joined by greg thompson our podcast producer and we are going to be talking with mark ballard about the upcoming annual enrollment period for health insurance and the importance of having health insurance
1: Well, Colton, it's getting to be that time of year. Leaves are changing. It's time for annual enrollments. And I know that you and Mark had a very detailed conversation. Mark, very impressive guy, expert in this field, and knows trucking.
0: He definitely knows trucking. His clientele are truckers, and he works for an organization that specializes in the transportation industry. We definitely get into some information about why people should have health insurance, the process of going about getting the health insurance. We also talk about some of the tax implications of having health insurance, which is always very important. If people haven't gathered by listening to our podcast on previous episodes, there is always a tax component to almost everything you do within your business. And we want to make sure as the trucker CFO that we're bringing you good, relevant information and helping you run and manage your business in the most profitable way possible.
1: Well, Colton, I'll tell you what, let's take a listen to your conversation with Mark Ballard on the Trucker CFO podcast.
0: And we're joined now by Mark Ballard. Mark, welcome to the podcast. I appreciate you taking the time to join. How are you doing today?
2: I'm good, Colton. Thanks for having me. How are you doing?
0: Doing great. I think this is a very timely topic that we're going to be introducing today. Healthcare, healthcare plans, insurance, all of that plays an important role in the lives of really everybody, not just truckers, not just our audience, but everybody. We want to talk today about not only the importance of health insurance, but what folks should be looking for in a health insurance plan. We want to talk about the annual enrollment process, which is something that is just right around the corner as we come into the month of November. We're going to talk about what they should be looking for in a good plan. We also want to touch on what the application process is like, so talk about what that is going to be for them, what they should expect in the application process, some things to look for, some things to try and avoid. We're going to talk about the net premium credits and or tax, depending on what their situation is. We're going to talk about the tax implications of the overall health insurance environment and things that they need to be aware of there. So that being said, Mark, let's start off with just giving you some time to introduce yourself and your organization and what it is that you do. Thanks again. My
2: organization is called Truckers Healthcare. We work with independent drivers around the U.S., in particular, members of the National Association of Independent Truckers, and they go by Nate for short. So Nate brought me in 10 years ago now, because we're in year 10 of open enrollment, to bring a program, essentially a platform to their independent drivers to help them navigate this open enrollment. Every year, there's some little tricks and changes and complications and challenges that we do our homework ahead of time. And right now, things are getting pretty busy. So yeah, we're reaching out and doing some pre-shopping to the drivers. Things are starting to heat up.
0: Mark, why don't you talk to us a little bit about your role at Truckers Healthcare and how that ties into Nate?
2: Sure. So 10 years ago, I partnered up with Nate, National Association of Independent Truckers. They brought me in to help build and develop a health insurance center, for lack of a better word. They had key pieces as an association for their truckers as far as offering truck insurance, but they were looking for a partner that could help work with members to better understand ACA slash Obamacare and what it meant to them. So I came in 10 years ago and Develop this platform with agents situated throughout the country. Essentially, I manage that program. And as we discuss insurance with drivers that happen to call in, they're sent off to various agents based on where they're calling from. Some are experts in healthcare.gov plans, and some are more experts in states that have their own exchange, like California, Pennsylvania, Minnesota, and what have you.
0: So you mentioned just a moment ago, annual enrollment. Talk to us about what that means. What is annual enrollment? What is the time frame of annual enrollments and what happens if somebody misses the annual enrollment time frame?
2: Yeah, so annual enrollment this year starts November 1st, runs through January the 15th of 2023. So this obviously affects everybody around the country, not just our drivers, but this is the time for everybody to plug in and get their plan shopped if they have one or if they don't have one, maybe check out and see if there's a suitable plan out there for them. So from November 1 to December the 15th, we will be enrolling our members for a January 1 effective date. And then that extra month, which is effectively December the 16th through January the 15th, they'll have a February 1st effective date. Now, with that said, if you miss open enrollment, you essentially have to wait until next year, unless there happens to be a change in your personal circumstances. And we run across those from time to time. We talk to some of the new members that may have come over as a company driver. They were on a group insurance plan and that ended maybe a couple weeks back. That type of situation enables them to getting on a plan anytime throughout the year, provided they do it within 60 days.
0: Yeah, very good. So I'm somewhat familiar with what I know as these life events that take place that allow somebody to get enrolled in an insurance plan outside of that annual enrollment. I think some of the other ones I'm aware of is a change in filing status. For example, if you're single, and you then get married, that would be a life status change that would allow you to apply outside of the annual enrollment. What are some of those other life-changing events, like you mentioned, a change in job or getting married that would allow somebody to get enrolled outside of that annual enrollment timeframe?
2: So besides loss of coverage and your example mentioned, it could be a birth of a child. It could be a family status change, like a divorce Probably 95% of the ones that we do run across are ones where someone has lost coverage, but it's a key point because in most cases, a lot of the folks that we talk to aren't aware that they have this special enrollment opportunity. So for them, it gives them an ability to begin coverage where their old plan left off.
0: Great. One other thing that comes to mind as I'm listening here, if somebody does lose coverage, whether they've changed jobs or something else happens, there's the concept of COBRA. Can you talk a little bit about COBRA for us?
2: Yeah. So COBRA is another option It's not a highly utilized one just because now they have the ability to jump on an ACA plan. But back in the day, that was the only option. So if somebody is losing their employer-based coverage, they have the opportunity under COBRA to continue that group plan going forward, typically up to 18 months. The only downside there is at that point paying the full cost of the insurance. So if it's somebody that has a spouse and children We see premiums that exceed $2,000 a month when they get that COBRA notification. So more times than not, a lot of people pass on that.
0: So what I hear you saying is that for many people, when they have this change of status and they have the option of COBRA, maybe what they should be doing instead is taking a look at their option under some of these ACA plans and other plans that are out there to help cover them through the interim period of employment, or in fact, just to have as a new plan altogether.
2: Yeah. And in a lot of cases, it is a new plan. And we worked with someone actually just last week who was eligible and their plan basically began last week and it will run all the way through the end of this month. So they'll have a couple of months of 2022 coverage. And then we have to re-engage them one more time to re-up them now that it's open enrollment for 2023. So essentially we'll be talking to them two different times within a short period of time.
0: Okay. So quick question on how that works. So let's say I'm a company driver. I leave my job mid-month, takes me a few days to get on with my next employer. Maybe I'm running as a contractor. So I've got this gap of time where I was covered under one plan, but it takes maybe a month or so to get that new plan up and running. Is there an option to backdate the coverage of that new plan to the end date of the prior plan?
2: There is. And that's essentially how it works under the special enrollment period. Their new coverage picks up right where that old group plan leaves off. So that way there's no gaps in coverage.
0: All right. Very good. Well, let's move on to our next topic here. I want to talk about what a good plan is, what should people be looking for in a plan, and then talk about the concepts of a good network and then the concept of utilization. So I'll just turn it over to you there and let you talk for a minute about what they should be looking for in a plan.
2: Okay. I think first and foremost, how they're going to be using a plan is key. We talk to the whole gamut of drivers out there where some are in good health and some they're high users of insurance. One of the first things we look at when we're talking to somebody is how often do you see your doctor? What kind of medications are you taking? Do you have a plan procedure coming up? If you're going to be a higher user of an insurance plan, then you need to be looking for one that has lower out of pockets because some of these plans, these bronze plans for for example, have deductibles in excess of $8,000. So if you know that you're going to be going to the doctor or have something upcoming, that may not make economic sense. So the first thing we want to look at is how often are you going to be using your plan? They're metallic levels, essentially. There's bronze, gold, silver, and platinum. We don't see a whole lot purchasing a platinum plan because they're very benefit-rich, but typically people fall within the bronze to silver range. So we look there first. Once we kind of have established what might be a good spot for them, we'll pick a couple. We'll discuss pros and cons. And then we'll look also at doctor network. Do they have particular doctors that we call must keep? In a lot of cases, if there's children, there's a pediatrician that they don't want to lose. If there's somebody that's going for frequent well-woman checks, Even primary doctors for guys, if there's those must keep doctors, that's also key because one thing that we're seeing a little bit over the last few years is some doctors aren't necessarily taking these ACA plans. So it's really critical that we know that ahead of time, is your doctor accepting the plan? And then we can kind of build out a program from there.
0: Okay. So as I listen to you and I think about the concept of utilization, I think that's where understanding how much coverage you are going to need, understanding what doctors you need, if there's any procedures you've got upcoming, kind of evaluating your individual risk or your family's risk for the usage of health insurance. That's where this concept of utilization comes in. Basically, we're saying you don't want to get a platinum plan when in fact, maybe you only need a bronze plan because you're going to be overpaying and vice versa. You don't want a bronze plan if in fact you have health issues that might require a platinum plan, in which case you would be paying more in out-of-pocket expenses because of that utilization. Am I understanding that correctly?
2: Yeah, that pretty much hits it on the head. We typically find even for the members that may be a little high users, will still gravitate towards a higher deductible or higher out-of-pocket plan just really based on cost. So we see most of our members purchasing silver or bronze plans.
0: Very good. So we've talked about when they need to be doing this. We've talked about what they need to be looking for in a plan. So once they've made that decision to look into a health insurance plan, what does the application process look like?
2: So the application process, we use a enrollment engine called Health Sherpa. And there's several of them out there that agents will utilize. We find that one to be user friendly. It has a good flow as far as the questions that it asks. It's not overly cumbersome, but the application process will typically start out like an application would where we'll be asking for their family info, socials, address, children that are to be included, as well as their socials. We do need to ask them income-related questions, which I know we'll be getting into in a little bit There's obviously disclaimers that are included. One key one at the beginning is that they're giving us the authority or the approval to do the application on their behalf over the phone. So it's all recorded. The application is recorded from start to finish. And then we essentially get to the end. It typically takes anywhere between 15 and 20 minutes.
0: Am I hearing you right that you guys actually do this application process basically with a live voice. You're just asking them the questions, they're responding, and then you guys are typing that information in. Is that correct? Yep. We're typing it in. And then at the
2: very end, it's submitted to the marketplace. And then we also will send them a
0: copy. Okay. And how about with other brokerages or agents? Do you guys find that you are unique in the aspect of it being by telephone or are others doing it where they require the people to log on to a computer or maybe doing it through their smartphone?
2: Yeah. So early on back in 2013, 14, that was the protocol where the individual had to be logged on. Typically it was through healthcare.gov and there would be an agent that would kind of guide them through it. So it was a little bit more of a clunky process. Over the last several years, it's become much more seamless and smooth. The only other way of enrolling somebody, and you hear about this, might be an individual maybe walks into a Walmart or their library. There's different places situated around the country where somebody will be sitting there and they can help you select a plan. Now, some of those folks may not be licensed because you do have to be a licensed agent in order to complete an application. So some of these individuals, they're called navigators. They can help somebody shop the plan and ask some basic questions. They just can't enroll them.
0: Okay. So that brings me to my next question. Are there things about the application process that folks should be on the lookout for? Are there things, perhaps scams? I know there's scams in every aspect of our lives nowadays. So are there things that maybe they should be aware of to be on the lookout for to help prevent them from getting into a situation or maybe getting into a plan that is maybe non-existent or not good for them? I'm not
2: aware of any that would scam them in the way of putting them in an incorrect plan in the way of a scam that that is. But what you do want to be aware of, or you want to make sure that the person that is doing the application for you. So somebody, whether it be a navigator or somebody that's an agent that can take it all the way across the finish line, that they are somebody that is seasoned or somebody that's been in the industry, knows the different plans and their options and so forth, because the industry does have individuals that essentially get licensed The insurance license is not simple, but it's not difficult at the same time. So there's a lot of insurance agents out there, and especially with COVID, a lot of people kind of moved into this sector. You just want to make sure who you're working with is somebody that you trust and you trust that their knowledge is sound.
0: All right. So maybe this is a good time here to plug Truckers Healthcare then because you guys are working with truckers. You understand the needs of truckers. You guys see it each and every day. Let's talk a little bit about Truckers Healthcare and just that knowledge that you guys bring to the clientele that we are targeting here today with our podcast.
2: Yeah, so Truckers Healthcare, we've been around for 10 years now, really, since the start of the healthcare law. Again, the relationship began between myself and the National Association of Independent Truckers. They have a side of their operation that handles the truck insurance side, but they didn't have what essentially amounts to the other side of the aisle when it came to health care. So we went down a road back then and integrated or created this platform for independent drivers and NAIT members to go for help help getting their plan shopped, help with understanding their options, enrollment support. Our agents know truckers. It's our niche market. We're very fluent in the self-employed space and things to ask of somebody that is in the industry. And one of them obviously is when it comes to that income question, we want to make sure that we're asking enough to where we get a pretty accurate answer when it comes to their income, because that ultimately is what will determine what their rate is, the premium rate.
0: Mark, that's a great transition into our next topic, which is the net premium credit and or tax. So this net premium credit, I'm just going to give a little bit of an explanation and let's see if I'm on point with it in your opinion. So these ACA plans The concept of them when they first came out was the government was going to help subsidize in some way the cost of the health insurance for folks that were in these lower income brackets. So, part of the application process as you walk through that is the individual has to declare how much money they are going to make in the upcoming year. So, a lot of times they're going to base that on what they made the prior year, but that credit itself is going to be based on that declaration. And there's no science really behind it it's just they can say whatever they want to say if they want to tell the individual that's taking their application that they make thirty thousand dollars a year when in fact they make sixty or seventy thousand dollars a year there's nothing that stops that or checks it however if that does happen you're going to qualify for a larger net premium credit and what folks oftentimes don't understand is that when they file their tax return in the coming year, there's a reconciliation that takes place that looks at how much money they actually made, compares it to the amount of premium credit they received for health insurance and balances that out. So if you under declare your income and get a larger credit, then file your tax return and have more income than you declared, you're going to end up paying that credit back in the form of a tax on your tax return. Have I explained that pretty well?
2: Yeah, that explains it really spot on. And it's really such a key part of the discussion when we're talking with somebody who's either renewing an existing plan, because that's just as critical somebody that's had a plan currently and it's renewing or somebody that's never had one. We were essentially asking them that same question, what do you project your upcoming years? And I try and simplify it. Technically, it's supposed to be your modified adjusted gross income, which adds a couple of additional categories to that question. But I like to try and simplify it by saying your taxable income, your adjusted gross income, or I'll say, what is your income minus fuel repairs maintenance? When I use those examples, a lot of times that's that light bulb moment where they realize, okay, yeah, that's where I'm getting, say, $4,000 a month or whatever the case is. So it is a moving target. When we ask a lot of them, they kind of chuck a little bit because they don't know. They're still working off what this year's or even filing last year. So thinking about 2023 could be a challenge for some of them, but it is a moving target. We do the best we can. And I tell them that in six months, if we have to revisit and adjust that up or down, we can do that. That way we will get that number a little bit more accurate by the end of the year.
0: Yeah, again, it is so important because I think human nature, when it comes to this application process, knowing that this number is going to help determine the amount of their premium, most folks tend to kind of undershoot what it is that they're actually going to make. So many, many times, more often than not, when somebody has one of these ACA plans, when we are filing their taxes, what we see is they end up in a situation where they're having to pay back some of that credit that they've received. And there are some situations where the number was just way, way off. And we've had net premium tax credit repayments to the tune of six, seven, eight thousand dollars And that's just an additional tax that folks aren't ready for. They may have been paying their estimated taxes based on their income level and thinking that they were in line, that they were going to be covered. And all of a sudden they get hit with this surprise of this net premium tax credit repayment. As I've said on this podcast, many, many times, there's nothing business and there's nothing... individuals hate more than getting hit with a big fat surprise on their tax return because it's just money that they don't have necessarily. It's money that they're not prepared to pay for. So understanding what your income is, being ahead of the game, having somebody who's doing your bookkeeping, somebody who is tracking your profit loss statements, understands what your net income is and can help is very, very important in this process. And with our clients, that's something that we definitely will do is when they're going through this application process they can come to us and ask and so long as we are up to date on their accounting and they are up to date in sending us the information we can give them a good accurate number that will help result in a good accurate premium in terms of their health insurance So that being said, let's talk about real quick some of these tax forms. It used to be when the ACA plans first came out and the federal government was requiring that everybody had a health plan that you had to declare on your tax return if you in fact had a health plan. And if you didn't, You were going to get hit with a penalty. Some of that changed back in around 2017, 2018 with the Trump tax cuts and changes. At that point, it became a situation where only the folks that actually had an ACA plan have to report on their tax return the status of their health insurance. And that happens through this Form 1095A. Others will probably have received a 1095B or a 1095C. And which form you get is gonna depend on what type of coverage or what type of plan you are receiving from an employer or out on your own. But that 1095A form, what it does is it reports what you have received in terms of that net premium credit. So that's where this whole process comes into play, where we are putting that form and those numbers from that form into the tax return. And it then gets reported onto the tax return and compared against your actual net income. Then we determine if you have to pay any of that back, or in some circumstances, you might actually get more of a credit towards your premium given to you on your tax return. So that's a little bit about the forms. Is there any kind of input or commentary that you might have on those tax forms that you've seen in your experience? No, actually,
2: you're kind of in a space that we don't encounter a whole lot. But upon listening to what you just said there, that kind of drives the point home of why the NAIT leans on you guys. So it's obviously a crucial part of the process.
0: Well, Mark, we've covered all of the talking points that we had discussed prior to this podcast. I think we've gotten a lot of good information out to our listeners. Before we wrap up, is there anything else you want to add that you think would bring some good information to the conversation?
2: Yeah, and that is in alternatives. I know we pretty much kind of hit the Affordable Care Act plans, or Obamacare, as it's called. With some of the folks that we encounter, their income falls outside of what we call the subsidy sweet spot. So they make in excess of where they would get a tax credit. So they're looking at paying the full cost of the plan and they can be quite expensive. We work with folks of all age groups, but in a lot of cases, it's guys that might be maybe say in their forties, fifties, or sixties, those plans can get really expensive if there's not a tax credit that's applied to it. We do have a couple of alternatives that sometimes will work, not always, that can be affordable They're not a silver bullet, but it's certainly something worth exploring. So if we happen to talk to somebody and they've been uninsured and they're in good health, because that's also a key part is some of these alternative plans do ask a handful of medical questions. So it isn't a guaranteed issue policy. And that's worth noting when it comes to these plans next month in December during open enrollment, the ACA plans are guaranteed issue. So regardless of your health history, getting coverage is guaranteed. Some of these alternatives, it is not. So it's one of those things where we'll talk to somebody, we'll kind of triage the situation. And if an ACA plan isn't in their space, we do have a couple of alternatives that we can offer.
0: All right. Very good. Yeah, that's a very good point. And I think it just drives home the concept that we talk a lot about on this podcast of having a plan, being proactive in your approach to running your life and in running your business. This is a great time as we head into the month of November for folks to start thinking about health insurance. If they've not had health insurance in the past or recently, it's definitely something we here at Trucker CFO recommend they do. There's nothing that can put an individual out of business quicker than health issues. If they're not able to get out there on the road, if they're not able to drive, or if they get hit with these exorbitant healthcare costs because they're not covered by a good health insurance plan, it can put them out of business very, very quickly. Mark, this has all been very good information, very timely information as we head into the month of November. We've talked about the annual enrollment timeframe. Definitely recommend that folks take advantage of that timeframe. One way they can do that is by getting in touch with you and your team. So Why don't you go ahead and give us some information on how folks can go about contacting you and your organization?
2: Sure. So again, we have agents situated throughout the U.S. So whatever time zone you're in, give us a call. That number is 888-472-4114. So 888-472-4114 or check us out at www.truckershealthcare.com.
0: Great. Well, I definitely recommend that folks take advantage of that opportunity, at least have a conversation. If you think it's something you can't afford, you might be pleasantly surprised. You might qualify for some of these ACA plans and some of the tax credits that come with that. So reach out to Mark, reach out to his team, and they will definitely take good care of you. Mark, it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much, and we look forward to talking to you again in the future. Thanks, Colton. I appreciate it.
1: Back with you for our remaining moments on this edition of the Trucker CFO Podcast. Greg Thompson from Pod Wheels, powered by Radio Nemo, alongside your host, the Trucker CFO, Colton Lawrence. And Colton, fascinating conversation with Mark Ballard. What was your biggest takeaway?
0: Greg, it really is something that we talk about a lot on many of our episodes of the podcast, and that is having a plan. Just like with anything else people are doing in their business, they need to be proactive in thinking about the things that impact them as well as their business. And health insurance is no exception to that rule. They need to be thinking about the upcoming annual enrollment period. They need to be thinking about what kind of coverage they need to best protect themselves and their family. And they need to take the action of getting that health insurance in place. That really, kind of sums up a lot of what we talk about often on this podcast.
1: That's for sure. And one of the things, as you well know, in working with clients over the years and being around the trucking industry and just being in the business world, if you don't have health insurance, you are running the risk of financial disaster because we never know when we're going to need it, but you got to have it. I know I wouldn't roll out of bed if I didn't have health insurance.
0: Yeah, it definitely is a risk. And again, it comes down to that question of what kind of coverage do you need? If you're one of those individuals that feels like you just can't afford it because you're not making enough money and you can't pay that premium, well then more than likely you're gonna qualify for one of those net premium tax credits that are gonna help cover that coverage. On the other hand, you're one of those individuals that just feels like you don't need coverage because you're very healthy. Well, in that case, you ought to be looking for a very basic plan, high deductible, but still something that in the event of disaster, an accident, an unforeseen illness, you're going to be covered and it's going to minimize that out-of-pocket expense that you might have that you just couldn't have foreseen coming down the road.
1: Colton, this is very timely and interesting topic. I know you have a lot more planned going forward for the Trucker CFO podcast for the remainder of 2022. And as we look ahead to 2023, exciting times for the podcast and exciting times for the Trucker CFO team.
0: Absolutely. Some exciting times. More than anything, I'm excited about the information that we're going to be bringing to our listeners. The information is going to be very timely. It's going to be very informative. It's going to be information that they can use to help them in the operation of their business and help them be profitable. That really is the goal of Trucker CFO. It's not just finance and accounting. It's all of the information that they can use to help them be successful.
1: Well, Colton, it's been great to spend some time with you and our listeners. It was wonderful to listen to Mark. Are there any final thoughts as we close out this edition of the Trucker CFO podcast?
0: Well, if anybody's looking to get some more information on Trucker CFO, we're going to give you that information now by turning it over to a friend of the show.
3: Do you have a team of tax, accounting, and business advisory professionals who understand the complexities of the trucking industry? There are a number of ways you can connect with the Trucker CFO team. You can visit the company's website at truckercfo.com. That's truckercfo.com. From the homepage, you can fill out the contact us form, which will send an email to a Trucker CFO representative. Also through the truckercfo.com website, you can connect to the company through the find a time to talk button to set up an appointment, or you can use the chat feature. If you would rather email the Trucker CFO team directly, you can reach out to the company through the following address, info at truckercfo.com. That's info at truckercfo.com. You can also call the Trucker CFO team toll-free at 1-800-533-4230 and hit option 2 for sales. That toll-free number again is 1-800-533-4230 and choose option 2. The Trucker CFO podcast is produced by Podwheels, powered by Radio Nemo in collaboration with the team at Trucker CFO. Before we close out this edition of the podcast, please keep in mind that every tax situation is unique and perspectives shared on this podcast should not be considered as tax advice. If you have questions regarding your specific tax situation, you should consult a qualified tax professional. Thanks again for joining us on the Trucker CFO podcast. Just as a reminder, you can find and subscribe to our podcast through all major podcast platforms. If you do become a subscriber, we'd like to ask you to take a moment to rate the Trucker CFO podcast. Throughout 2022, Colton Lawrence, the Trucker CFO, will be making regular appearances and taking calls for professional drivers on the Dave Nemo Radio Show and the Tim Ridley Show. Both of these programs are part of Radio Nemo, and they can be heard through SiriusXM's Road Dog Trucking Radio. All of the programs from Radio Nemo can be heard in the mornings on SiriusXM's Channel 146 or through the SiriusXM app. To learn more about Radio Nemo, visit radionemo.com. That's N-E-M-O, radionemo.com. As always, Colton Lawrence and the entire Trucker CFO team wish you the best for continued safe travels and good health as you work to keep the American economy on the move.